Hey y'all, today we'll be talking about some explicit content, so listener discretion advised. If you wanna catch up and you wanna check in, wanna know what's been happening, come on and pop in, pop in with Matt and Britt. Hi, and welcome back to Pop In. I'm Matt. And I'm Britt. So Britt, what do you want to talk about today? I want to talk about Jonathan Van Ness. The one from Queer Eye, from Straight Guy, right? Yeah. It's just Queer Eye now, because oh. they don't... Necessarily do Straight Guys, yeah. only. Yes. They've expanded their horizons. Repertoire. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, so that was his, like, rise to fame, but mm-hmm. that's not kind of where he started. So where did Jonathan start? So he is from Quincy, Illinois, and he kind of grew up in a very small town, he was actually the first male cheerleader at his high school. I bet being from a small town, that was difficult. It was very difficult, but he actually had a very lovely choir and theater teacher oh. who is actually featured on an episode of Queer Eye. Oh, really? That's they cool. give her a makeover and everything. Oh, bless. It's adorable, and she's like the only reason that he kind of survived high school, he says in like interviews and stuff. Okay. Then he ended up going to college, struggling with drug addiction, and he dropped out, went to kind of hair school, Mm -hmm. and now he's a very famous, like, hairstylist. That's his part on Queer Eye. He's the skincare and hair person. And what did he do before Queer Eye? Besides being a hairdresser. Well, he had a couple things. He has a podcast called Getting Curious. They're still very active. What is it about? So he will interview people just from all over the spectrum, from psychologists to celebrity friends to Florence from Florence and the Machine. That's really cool. Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome podcast. But actually recently he's been in the news doing a press tour for his book, Over the Top, where he came out as HIV positive. Oh, that cannot be easy for someone. I mean, there's really definitely a social stigma surrounding being HIV positive and just sexual health in general. And then being so prominent in the public eye at the moment, it can't be easy. No, it's it's kind of blown up the internet, actually. He's, you know, really being very visible. And And vulnerable. And vulnerable, yeah. Talking about how beautiful the HIV positive community is. And, like, how it doesn't have to be so detrimental as like the news and the stigma makes it yeah definitely i mean i think the roots of that really lie in the aids epidemic in the 70s and 80s where the rhetoric was very much geared towards proliferating a hatred towards the gay community oh absolutely i mean there's tons of plays and shows written about that time and that Mm. epidemic well rent is one of the most popular ones where you know everyone just i'm pretty sure everyone (laughs) every single person and not to laugh it was a very serious like they dealt with it beautifully but like yeah i'm pretty sure yeah and you know there is a social taboo around being unclean and like even you know i use the apps sometimes time and people do say you know you have to be clean, which means you don't have HIV, which is just really disgusting rhetoric when you consider the ways that we can kind of navigate our lives to avoid getting HIV and also mm-hmm. the ways that pharmaceutical companies can help support people who have HIV. For example, I'm on PrEP. It is 
a lovely blue pill that you take once a day uh, that prevents you from getting HIV up to about 99.9% chance. Oh, wow. I didn't know the percentage was Yeah, it's that really it's super high. You're pretty much purely immune to getting it, but you still shouldn't, like, you know, take the normal precautions of sexual health, like using condoms, you know, because it doesn't stop other sexual transmitted diseases. Absolutely. Which I think some people forget. Yeah. I mean, just recently I was at Planned Parenthood and was like, Oh, I should probably get HIV, or not HIV, STD tested. Yeah. I'm like, I should get the test. I should go more often than I do. I was like embarrassed on the table. I was like, uh, yes, I have recently had sex. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really do need those tests. Um, thank you. <laughs> get tested regularly, people. It's important. It's, you know, it's fine. It's a bit of blood. It's a bit of pee. Don't. Don't follow The my. last time <laughs> I went for a blood test for, to get my prep prescription renewed, mm-hmm. it they had to take my blood four times. No. Oh, heck no. <laughs> they did it once. They didn't get enough. Oh, God. They took it again for the other arm. And then I went to see my doctor and we had our talk. Uh, as I was leaving, she called me and was like, so they couldn't find your blood. Oh, Can my you go God. back up to the lab and get it? taken again <laughs> everything about that situation <laughs> makes me want to gag i hate taking i had to tell my boss i was like because i was on a break like between uh two shifts mm-hmm. and i had to message my boss and i was like so i'm gonna be late they're taking my blood again oh my god peace no yeah but so prep is great the problem is is that especially in america it is hella expensive Oh, really? Yeah, so for me, I obviously have insurance, mm-hmm. and there is a manufacturer's coupon I got, so I paid nothing for PrEP. It is oh. free for me to take PrEP. I, there's no financial burden. I just have to pay a copay when I go into the doctors and get my blood test, which if I'm not even... <laughs> if, I'm not, if I'm not even... My full blood <laughs> test. If I'm not even seeing my doctor, uh-huh. and she's like, I'll just leave, read the results and like tell you if there's something that you need to come in for. I don't even pay for the lab test. The lab is all covered by the insurance. I just go and take my blood, I leave, and then I get a little ping saying, like, your prescription's ready for pickup. Oh, wow. It's great. However, our people in America, thousands of dollars. Oh, my gosh. Wow. When compared to other countries like Canada and Australia, mm-hmm. where I'm from, Australia, you can get prep for, like, $60 a month, even $40, $45 a month. Wow. In Canada, I believe it is 32 Wow. $28, roughly, from my memory. But America, who designed the drug, slams. I mean, they do that with pretty much any medication. Yeah. Like, I have the Nexplanon rod, which is the, like, implant in my arm for birth control. Mm-hmm. And it can be over $800 yeah. to get that. I got mine at Planned Parenthood. I literally didn't even pay a copay because I was like, what does it show up as on my credit card statement? Mm. And they said Planned Parenthood, and I was like, I, I'm i sorry, I could, like, I can't have that, and I don't have cash on me, and they were like, it's fine. They just put a little sticker on your thing that says, like, copay waived, mm-hmm. and, like, it was free, but I couldn't imagine, like... Having to fork out that money, yeah. like, out of pocket. Is and it was such insane. a panic. Like, looking at the pamphlet, I was like, I'm sorry, do you know if my insurance covers this? She was like, if it doesn't cover it all, like... 
Obamacare will cover it, but I, I mean, it's a worry for yeah, people who medi- don't have insurance. Medical costs is really worrying. Financial in America. We just hate all of our citizens. But besides just prevention, though, like, there are ways now for, through medical regime, regimes, mm-hmm. regiments. It's fine. It's your accent. It'll schedules, be okay. it's fine. <laughs> to become what's called undetectable, where your HIV count is so low that you aren't transmissible anymore. And from then, I mean, the people still have to deal with symptoms of HIV, but it's less likely to transition into full-blown AIDS, and you are at almost zero percent risk to affect other people. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I th- believe that Jonathan Benass talked about that in mm. his interview and in his book. I'd love to see, yeah, his kind of the progression of his treatment. Well, he actually said... I don't know about the like current treatment he's on, but he went into a Planned Parenthood for flu-like symptoms, and that's when yeah. he like found out. And it was, I don't know, it's a really impactful interview, it and is. I can't wait to read the book. Well, mm. I won't be physically reading it. I pre-ordered the audiobook, which is like, read by Jonathan Van Oh, that's so yummy. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine having to read my own audiobook. Like, so there's a lot of authors who read their own. That would be hard. Like, to have to think, to read through these very sensitive moments in your life, but read them in such a way that you aren't going to break down and cry, Mm -hmm. or you aren't going to let be, like, because people need to listen to them and you're going to make a good product. Yeah. Well, on an actual side note of that, the one of the podcasts I listen to, besides Jonathan Vinness, My Favorite Murder, they wrote a book, Those Ladies, mm-hmm. and they read their own audiobook as well, cool. and most of it is extremely personal. I mean, they both dealt with, like, um, anorexia, bulimia, severe drug abuse, like, insane. addiction. And the one woman actually told a story of how she knew this guy from a diner. She was a waitress, and he was, like, in his 50s or 60s, and she was, like, a teenager, and he was like, oh, I think you're so pretty. Let me take pictures of you. And he took her, like, up to a mountain and, like, forced her to, like, take her shirt off oh and take photos. Lord, and horrible. she read the whole story. It was, like, you need very impactful. You need iron core for that. Like, mm-hmm. you need to guard yourself. You need to put up the barriers to, you know, put that type of thing out there. And then to then just read it to a bunch of people. Out loud, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to strangers. <laughs> Now to kind of uh, get back on track. Yeah, well, I was going to say saw... that you we were talking about Jonathan going to Planned Parenthood and finding out, mm-hmm. and I've recently been re-watching all of Pose. Oh, I the, actually haven't seen it You've yet. never seen Pose? I'm going to let you know. It's during the AIDS epidemic. I do know. Okay, uh, cool. Like, I know the whole plot of it. Yeah. I just haven't had a chance That's to fair. watch it yet. Billy Porter is amazing in it. Ugh. You should just watch it for Billy Porter. I watch. I love all those act, uh, actresses and actors who are in it. Yeah, they're great. But the whole scene of sitting in a hospital room waiting to hear something that is very demoralizing because you know the way that people will speak to you in, in a lot of situations and you know the way that a lot of people will react and maybe cut off ties because of this stigma. Well, I know I watched the play The Normal Heart mm-hmm. in person, went and saw it in theaters, and watching live actors in front of you act out that whole thing 
was just devastating. Mm. I actually had a friend who was playing in the cast at the time, and when they came out in the hospital and told him he had AIDS, I... It was just a gut-wrenching to just even watch, so I can't imagine what that's like for someone to go through. Yeah. I mean, it's just upsetting. Yeah, same thing happened to me in high school. My year nine English class, maybe year eight English class, had to read Two Weeks with the Queen, which is about... It's a book that no one will have heard of. But it sounds like it's my whole life. It is about a young Australian boy (laughs) who gets sent to live overseas with his relatives in England. Mm -hmm. And I cannot honestly remember... He talks about, like, sending letters constantly to the Queen, mm-hmm. and somehow he befriends a gay man, and his partner is suffering from AIDS, mm-hmm. and it goes through him befriending them and not really understanding what is happening uh, to his friend who's very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but just on that note, I kind of... I think maybe Jonathan's story, own personal story and to release this book will kind of shift the narrative away from the victim of mm-hmm. HIV and people actually coming over it. Because I feel like that's the part that we don't see in media. Mm-hmm. We don't see someone, like, becoming unattractable or just, you know, living their life happily and full. It's always some um, horrible tragedy. As we move a society away from having such a negative view on HIV and AIDS, the more support we as a community can actually give these people. Oh, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. You're so right. All we ever see is the very, very end. And that's, you know, that could take years yeah. to get there. And it's you don't always have to follow that part of the journey. Mm. I think Jonathan Benness is going to be a very bright, like, shining visual to Influence. show that, like, it, it's yeah. fine. Like, yeah. look at me. I have a good life like he's an incredible human mm. and like is doing all these amazing things and I do think it's going to be a really amazing narrative shift yeah definitely speaking of narrative shifts so uh over the weekend we saw the movie Hustlers for those who don't know it's a new flick that came out two weeks ago maybe three based on a true story mm-hmm. about a group of sex workers and strippers who rob rich white men Mm -hmm. from the uh, Wall Street. Uh, It is about uh, Destiny, who is a uh, young stripper who starts working at this club. Uh, She meets Ramona, played by Jennifer Lopez. It is Jennifer Lopez, right? Yes, it's Jennifer Lopez. You got it. Cool. Margot Robbie incident. Last week got me on edge with my actors. (laughs) Showing her the ropes up until the collapse, financial collapse of 2008, where the club goes downhill, Destiny has a young girl. And a grandmother. And a grandmother who's very ill. And then, you know, we fast forward a couple of years, it kind of splits back and forth between an interview well into the future, modern, almost modern day, to the past. And we see how these... Uh, strippers go from barely working the club, working day jobs, struggling to get by, to empowering themselves by uh, drugging former clients and running their credit cards almost to their maximum. Uh Because, and as I say in the film, what guy's going to admit to being victimised by a woman in the most horrific of toxic masculinities 
And more importantly, explain to his wife how why he would decide to go to a strip club and spend 10 to 15 grand. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, throughout the movie, like, the actors are amazing in it. The music is really good at the time, and then sometimes it's very weird. It's like, <laughs> here's cute. Lord's smash hit from 2012, mm-hmm. but also here's a Beethoven piano sonata. <laughs> at very weird times, just yeah. so random. But did you realize that J-Lo is 50 years old? Is she? Yes. That is, she looks very good in that movie. I, she looks good in real Everything. life. Everything, that's true. Like, She's a stunning woman. But in that movie, watching her pole dance to Fiona Apple's Criminal. Oh yeah, it was. Was like mind-blowing. She, she got moves. so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And like just so intense. First of all. For people who are like, oh, stripping. Stripping is an art form. It is. My sister, my uh, oldest sister uh, competed nationally for stripping in Australia. What? Sorry. I probably should have told you this going into this. This is chat. new information. Um, so my oldest sister, I won't say her name for... <laughs> for privacy For privacy reasons. I did... So she used to be a rhythmic gymnastics mm-hmm. uh, gymnast. Uh, she Perfect did transition. national level when she was younger mm-hmm. then that had stopped for a while due to injuries mm-hmm. and then about five years ago she was like i'm gonna take some pole dancing lessons within six months she was in oh and within three months she was in the advanced class and within eight months maybe nine months she was teaching beginner lesson pole dancing oh and was competing she, I know she won state, and I don't know how well she did in the nationals. And then she had a little baby last year, and that's when she kind of slowed down on the <laughs> pole dancing. It was just a sport to her. Like, she was just doing pole dancing. It was fun. it's very athletic. She would ask me to find music for her, and I would send her, like, the Rite of Spring. <laughs> like, just do it to this. Because people would lose their minds if... And like for her, it was the it was the art form. It wasn't like, and at those contests, it's not about the the dirty moves don't get the money or the the money the dirty moves don't get the good prizes or don't win. It's just the actual artistry and like the physicality behind what you have to do is the focus. Yeah, I mean it is pure athleticism. It really is, and I've I've wanted to take a pole dancing class forever. You should. I. I think I'd be real bad at it. Well, everyone's bad at something when they start, and when they get better, that's how life works. I wanted to see... So, in the movies, we have a number of guest stars coming in. Uh, There is a lap dance by Cardi B. Oh, it was the best! It was a great lap dance. Um, Also, her boobs are huge in this movie. I'm presuming Cardi B's boobs are huge in in just real life. They weren't, they're not usually that large. Oh, right. So she had a baby. She is. She was probably feeling when she was pregnant. Well, actually, it was just after. Oh. She was like, had this whole thing on Twitter where she was like, I don't want my boobs to be a wreck from breastfeeding culture, her baby. And so she went and she got a boob job. She was like, well, she just took it upon herself. She was like, I want to look good and I want to feel good. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm done breastfeeding my baby. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my body, my choice, and that's what I want to do. And so those were, like, her brand new boobs. Her brand new boob job coming off onto the movie. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> also in the movie is a guest shot by Lizzo. Oh, the queen. The new queen. 
who appears playing flute in the changing room. <laughs> to another woman's boob job. To another woman's boob job. To be like, we're celebrating. <laughs> um, and then she runs in at some point and screams because Usher's in the building. Oh. Actually played by Usher. Uh, yeah, he was actually in it, which I was shocked. I was like, I can't believe that he was like, yes, I want to be here. I mean, it's telling the truth, right? I mean, like it. I hope it means, so. I mean, surely <laughs> he wouldn't show appear in a movie that is about real life if he didn't wasn't there. God, so. I hope so. <laughs> like the way he was just slinging money, like in that scene, they were playing his song, and he was just like, yeah. They talk about how he came into the club and they <laughs> put his music on, and you know they, like, he was just the club for spending him. money everywhere. <laughs> And, and then J-Lo crawled on the stage and said, what's your name? And he goes, Usher, baby. <laughs> it, it was, that movie was ridiculous, but it was really good. It was so good. Turn and recommend. So, would you consider what they did in this movie, where they basically just charge, you know, investment bankers who kind of ruined the country, to quote the movie, uh, for everything they got? No, I wouldn't consider it a crime. I mean, I know it is a crime. I mean, it, it technically is a crime. It was grand larceny. <laughs> yeah, and they, I think, Destiny pleaded to grand larceny and ass- attempted assault or assault because they yeah. drugged them. Yeah. But, I don't know, those guys were awful. They, they were I awful. I mean, they were awful, except for the one who ended up reporting it. Yes. Now, I felt for that guy. Yes. Yeah, so well, that was towards the end, and we're not going to spoil yeah. it any more than that, but if someone does mention report, I mean, it's in the news. You can look up and yeah, find I out. Yeah, I mean, that's not spoiling anything. They... Got caught. Yeah. That's how people know. Because I'm right. like, how would you know that these crimes are happening unless someone got reported? Right. Um, but I, I did feel for him, but he was the only one. The rest of them, I was like, you are straight trash. Like, if I could take your wallet, I would. <laughs> like... <laughs> I just don't, I don't think it's a crime. And I honestly love the charges they got. I mean, the charges were incredible. Well, the like, punishments were incredible, but we're not going to spoil them right now. Well, you could go, yeah, you could You can Google, Google them and, and find out, but, but they it's absurd. The amount like <laughs> compared to the amount of money that they have stolen, <laughs> what like their sentences are absurdly short <laughs> but like i feel like the police and the judge were like we don't really want to charge you but like we kind of have to give you something <laughs> i just i don't i don't think it's crime and though i don't agree with drugging the random drugging people ran- I, I mean those guys were the worst <laughs> <laughs> Being bad doesn't mean you should have bad done to you, right? I don't know. What kind of bad are you doing? Like, I mean, I guess just reckless. If you're t- if you're Ted Bundy, like I want bad. Okay, to that that to is you. true. Like if you're if you're a serial killer <laughs> or someone who assaults someone, then you know. I think you deserve bad. You probably deserve bad using the justice system. But using. I'm using Batman words. But yeah, it was rich people who usually get, can get away with literally anything because they can just throw money at the problem. Well, one of the um, most impactful quotes I ever heard was punishable by... Uh, what's the word? 
punishable by fines just means legal for the rich. Yeah. Which it's, is so true. It dominates our entire culture. And I just think that those women knew that they they had things that they needed. I mean, Destiny's grandmother was yeah, dying yeah. and, like, was in debt. And, like, Lily Reinhardt's character, all she wanted was a cat, man. She just couldn't afford it. Yeah, but she was left... She like, was a good transition point. She was kicked out of home because she was working as a stripper. Yeah. And, you know, I think, especially in Boston, where we're based... Mm-hmm where we have very strong New England Puritan values. In some parts. I mean, not in Cambridge. You can get away a little bit more in Cambridge than you can in other parts of the city. But I do feel like, you know, we still haven't grown out of a disparaging look upon sex work and strippers. I agree, but I also have a little bit of a different point of view because... Mm. I lived in Nashville okay. for like a year and a half. Yep. And that's like coming from Nashville to here is like, whoa, what a huge night and day difference mm-hmm. in not only politics, but the way we look at sex and sex workers and all of that. So to me, this feels very liberal. I mean, yeah. it's still very liberal. It is, absolutely. But I can't wear a jockstrap to a nightclub. Nope. <laughs> no, you can't. You also, you know, still can't go topless on any beaches. I mean, I can go topless on any beach. Yes, you uh, can. But that is my unspoken privilege as a man to go topless anywhere I want, except into a shopping mall, and they ask you to put a shirt on, or a bar, I guess. Depends on uh, where you're at. In Florida, you can, you don't have to wear a lot of like shirts or anything to most bars because they're right on the beach. To be fair, as a gay man, I have to wear a shirt to, in most bars. Well, yeah. They prefer that usually. Yeah. Well, you know, they prefer me to wear clothes everywhere all the time, twenty four seven. But that is true. I mean, if you show your ankle, you are. Good lord! I, I put on a dress yesterday that went like a little above my knee, <laughs> and I was like, "Can I go out in this?" Like, I really had to like stop and. Think Look about above it. your knee. Yeah, it was like, well, it was like mid thigh. Okay. And I was like, can I wear this? Cause like, oh, if you know, if someone sees or like a wind blows or like, <laughs> it was like a whole. I stood in the mirror. Crisis? Yeah, it was. I had a crisis. Today I'm wearing this like halter esque dress, but I have a shirt over it because I was. I was teaching today, and I was like, I can't have my shoulders, like, mm-hmm. so I put this shirt on over it. Fair. It's, you know, being a woman, man. I can't even breastfeed in a store if I wanted to. And that is very true. But at least we moved away from, like, seeing ladies' ankles being... Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, um... Small steps. <laughs> small baby steps. So, going to Salem last year... Yeah. Like, watching all those things about the Salem Witch Trials, I was like, is this all because they showed an ankle? (laughs) I felt that sometimes. (laughs) Right. So, let's talk a little bit about the kind of clubbing scene here. Yes. And what that's like comparatively to where I've been, where you've been. Well, for me, the most clubbing I've ever done has been when I've moved to Boston. Oh, really? Yep. Before that, I was in a small town that had one nightclub called 
shadows. And let me tell you, <laughs> people were stabbed in there. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. Whoa. Um, and in Sydney, I would go out maybe like after a gig or something mm-hmm. in Sydney, or I'd go up, see a show, and then go out usually to like a place called Bear Bar. It's in like a basement of another hotel or something like that. That sounds like it's filled with teddy bears. It isn't. It is <laughs> I know it's the not. exact opposite of teddy bears. Half naked, very hairy men. Oh, I was gonna. Okay, I was gonna <laughs> say knives, but that's. Knives are the exact opposite of teddy bears to me. Okay. You took I a real re- re- left turn there. I was really worried. Um, and I can't remember the. Like, how open skin or how reserved skin was because we were moving into a time where Sydney's lockout laws, which are basically nightclubs after a certain time, like 12 or 1, you can't let anyone else in. If you're not in the building, you can't get in. So you don't leave or you have a bunch of drunk people on the streets. Um, They're being attempted to be rescinded because businesses are dying left, right and (laughs) centre. Funnily enough, when you put heavy restrictions on the entertainment district. When I moved here, on my first birthday in Boston, I went to a nightclub called Machine. It's nearby. Did I go with you? No, you didn't. I didn't know you then. Okay. You, uh, I think I met you the week after. Maybe the week after. Yeah. Maybe the week after that. Which was a leather night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm familiar. It's down the street from me. Yep. Uh, called Sweat. It was the first sweat ever. <laughs> and, you know, that. and then there you have guys with shock straps, with a bandana over the back, you have guys in pup here. I'm sorry, I cringed because that, it freaks me out a little. Pup, pupping? Yeah. I, it's not for me, but people like it. They have a little like play. Like, I don't judge. They set, do it. Now they set up a little play area for the pups. Like, there's little mats put down so they don't hurt their knees. There's toys. It's very strange. I love that people like find enjoy find it. their pleasure. Yeah, I love that, but that is that's a lot for me. Um, and you know there are other semi to almost full naked nightclub events throughout Boston. So I have secrets. Um, Ooh, I have fill <laughs> them on a public network. <laughs> oh God. Um, so I I have had it's not great but it's also it's also very thrilling i can imagine like i I mean it's not great because you've got sand everywhere like literal everywhere for the rest of your life i feel like i'm still brushing sand anakin from sky uh, from skywalker anakin from star (laughs) wars uh got it right sand gets everywhere it's terrible hate it yeah it's but it's also very thrilling because you're like what if we get caught right yeah I love I love a good like living on the edge, so like <laughs> I do. Uh-huh. I I love a good thing like that, but that kind of you know I can't have that conversation with other people. True. Because having that conversation led to some really intense reactions from like my friends. It was like you know I what I thought was casual girl time was very judgy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I lead two lives. Yeah. I lead, like, my party boy life, and I lead my very good 
get stuff done kind of life. It's yeah, it's definitely it's two tracks and like yeah. you do learn who you can talk to about it. And yeah. I think, you know, the more that we move towards kind of letting go of our issues with sex stuff, the better, you know, you, you can communicate about sex stuff. Yeah, I think it's a little easier for guys, like straight guys, mm-hmm. to talk about their sex lives than it is anybody else. And I'd like to see an environment where I'm not looked at so judgy. Yeah. For liking sex. You know, with Hustlers coming out. Also with the Netflix TV series Bondage, if you ever saw that. Oh, um, yeah. And Sex Education as well. Oh, I Those love two, Sex Education. With shows like that coming out as well, I think we are shifting an awareness to, like, talking about sex and treating it. And that was the whole thing about Bondage, was that she didn't want to talk about her work as a dominatrix in helping people overcome their problems, mm-hmm. which sometimes they didn't. Yeah. I, I mean, you know me. Y'all will get to know me. I, I love a good bondage. I do. I love that kind of environment. My but ta- you can't really. My takeaway from that TV show, Bondage, was how can I find a man who will pay me to clean my house? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you exist and you're listening to this, please. Contact me. <laughs> Because all I want out of life is to yell at someone while they do chores for me. Wow, that's really specific. I just would like to have someone do chores around the house for me. No, I want that exact situation. I'm too busy. Like, this isn't like out of a sexual desire or (laughs) it's purely like I have things I need to do. Hire a maid. That requires my money. I want to get paid. But you can only get paid if you also yell at them. Okay, well, that's fine. You have to yell you know, a little. I'll yell at them, and, you know, I'll be like, it's okay when they get upset. i <laughs> yell at them. I'll be like, it's okay, just don't mix the reds and the whites again. You would be the worst dominatrix ever. <laughs> Literally the worst. <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry I yelled. <laughs> I know it's my job, but I apologize. <laughs> Different situation. You're probably the same. Uh, so, I think overall, just having more open communication. Yeah, about everything. I think, you know, with the world the way it is, with... Where that's able to happen. Yeah, there's more visibility. I want everyone to live by the phrase, vulnerability hangover. So I want everyone to have one, because we're all vulnerable with each other. Well, that's all we have time for today, Britt. If you want to keep this discussion going uh hit us up on instagram or uh, you can comment on our mm, podbean yes or email us at our email which is pop in with matt and brit all one word at gmail.com awesome well i've been matt i've been brit and we'll see you later bye Hey guys, Matt here, just to let you know about our distributor, Anchor. It is the easiest way for us to make a podcast. It's free. Uh, They help you with recording and editing right from your phone or computer. It will also distribute your podcast for you. That's how we get on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also check us out on Anchor. Uh, It's really everything you need to make a podcast. So if you want to 
you know, go into competition with us, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Fantastic.